0: Up a poke,
1: a poke, And welcome to the
2: Crash Course
0: Podcast. John, shut up. What are you doing, John? What I'm you laughing. Doing?
2: I'm, I'm trying to breathe. I'm laughing so hard. Your face is beet red. Yeah, beet I know. red.
1: Welcome to another week of the Crash Course Podcast. We are officially a year old. That's right.
0: This is, uh, Our f- what day is today? Do? I don't know what day is It doesn't it. They matter. They all run together. It's f- it's, we, it's did, a- we did start on July 2nd. I know that much. Well, it's not July 2nd yet. Okay. All right. So we're nearly a year old. Actually, when this podcast goes up, it'll be July 2nd. Okay, so as far as you're concerned, we're a year old. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Not the future. That. Yay. Um,
2: and there was much rejoicing.
1: Kind of awesome that we made it this far. We're In officially kingdom. a year old. We
0: can um, maybe walk. Definitely crawl. Barely. I can walk and chew gum at the same time. Thank you know, we used much. to go by episode because when we are episode 21, it's like, oh, yeah, we can drink. And technically, now that we're 51, AARP's coming up. So yeah. Yeah. I can't wait till we're sixty five. I'm dying for
2: that old person discount.
1: (laughs) Technically season two, but we're still gonna just number them in sequential order all the way until a million.
2: I'm the only one that started seasons. I can't believe it's catching on now. I actually
1: know other podcasts have been doing seasons for a long time. No,
2: well I was talking about us, like I started, now you're done.
1: I'm acknowledging a thing that you said that other people
2: have done. Yes. Okay. (sighs) This podcast I've been doing my best and I'm going to continue to do my best to piss Matt off. Yeah, you're usually pretty good at that off the air too. (laughs) Which is why I was laughing hysterically and unable to breathe. The red letter number
0: is piss Matt off. (laughs) Um,
1: As this podcast drops on on the 2nd of July, that weekend at the Waystation on the 7th, Nerd Cabaret is going to be doing their monthly show. This month it's DC vs. Marvel. So they're going to be doing song parodies of DC vs. Marvel. So definitely worth checking out. This 4th, I will be blowing things up. That's coming up, too. Yes. Jo- if John has no vocal cords by next podcast, you'll know why. Because he swallowed an MAD. If I'm missing a couple of fingers, <laughs> you'll know why. They can't see that through the radio.
2: Yes, but I'll probably still be screaming by then. <laughs>
1: well, <that's probably laughs>
0: residual is.
2: screaming in the background.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah. edit, I'll edit you out, don't yeah. worry. Don't also, um, July 5th
2: You're always trying to at
1: the out. Bell House in Brooklyn is... Wassabasco bur- Wasabasco Burlesque's F yeah America show. Are there gonna be puppets? There might be. There Gal- might be. Galate is actually working on a Doc Wasabasco puppet. I saw it. It has the chin. Wait. Doc Wasabasco's the host of Is she playing Jimetto? No.
0: She's Wasabas. Can we call them Wappets?
1: Possibly. But anyway, it's a uh, It's a fun star spangled. Um, show that we do every year, and uh, it's very enjoyable and worth checking out. I'm hoping that you guys can come, though you, you say, probably you say,
2: won't. You say wuppets, and I just think wub wub. Wub wuppets. Muppets.
0: No, no, no. It's a different thing. I don't. I forgot which thing though. The anyway. Muppets were in the new Muppet movie. They were the other band that oh, Fozzie right, played that's with. That's right. That's right. Oh, I feel yeah. bad now. Yeah, I, I'm an old Muppet guy. I like the original stuff. I like all of it. The new movie was excellent. This isn't you news. and Peter nitpicky. It was no, excellent. The no, no movie was good. Excellent. The music. Hey, every was other fantastic. podcast gets to go out on rants about things that are unrelated to the podcast. Why can't we? Let's go on rants. I'm actually. Rant. I've always done that. You always put me back on track you said we're a music podcast.
1: We must stay on topic. Blah blah blah. blah, blah.
0: Point taken. So this week's album, Godsticks, the Invisids Conundrum. Godsticks <laughs> is a prog band. They are from England. Uh, mostly just a three-piece band. You just got uh, your typical bass, drum, guitar. Uh, however, the keyboardist—sorry, um, the guitarist—is also the keyboardist. And this is their fourth album. No, this is their second album. Oh, second album. That's there right. is
2: a fourth guy featured on this album. They seem to fully expanded to the fourth. They don't know if he's keeping, it, if he's staying around or not. But there is a integral far fourth
0: player. He's not in the picture, though. No, he's not. Yeah, so, yeah, he's. I can't say him. I'm sorry. He's, he's the rest of the guys. I'm sure you're really good, because I, I love this album. I'll say that up front. The, f- <laughs> the, the
1: first thing that I noticed listening to this record is has deep roots in a grunge-esque sound with some hints of metal as well. I mean, it's definitely a lot more complicated than some of the grunge bands I've heard, but
0: it definitely has elements of Soundgarden and Alice in Chains, which I heard especially in the vocal styles a- well. I'm ambiguous on that, because I'm not familiar with uh, a lot. Well, I guess I'm not... I don't feel that... I never knew that grunge was as much of a super genre as I would have considered something like metal or prog. It is. Um, metal, I think, mainly, it's about the tone, primarily. But even metal tends to go from really, really harsh to very, very light. You know, Metallica kind of did that all the time. Yes. And uh, prog is just really form. Prog doesn't really imply that there's anything tonal going on, necessarily. But there's, it implies there's a lot of other stuff tonal going on, but you're not looking for oh yeah, that guitar has to sound this way. You're looking for the overall arc of the song. It has to mo- go through different movements. There has to be a section B. You have to be doing something different with the section B. That kind of thing. That's prog. Right, and grunge
1: is more of an aesthetic movement that certain bands were lumped into within the time period and then kind of took on its own life after that. Yeah. Leaning more towards heavy rock and metal.
2: Yeah. If anything, this album isn't even appropriately called... Progressive grunge. There is a lot of earlier and later elements involved with it as well. I, I, if anything, I would consider this moody blues meets Alice in Chains meets Rush meets Muse. So all prog. In other words, they're prog. Prog. But... They're just prog. <laughs> Leave it simple. But but it's a it's we're talking very different types of prog being used here. A a, a grunge metal baseline. That hits classic rock styles, that hits new neo prog styles. I mean, there's a lot here.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I agree with you. Okay, we even... well, getting into the first
1: track, Convergence, it's an intro track, it's pretty, it's unique, it's, it's kind
0: of it's, spacious. It's spacey. Yeah, and not it's spacious. I mean, of course, it's spacious because it's not spacey, spacious, spacey. it's only a minute long. There's a lot of space in space, though. Space, space, space,
1: space, space, space. space. Dad, I'm space. So I'm so proud of you, son. Your space. Carl Sagan. Space. space. Anyway. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you know, not much to say about this track other than it was unique. It was pretty. It was a solid
0: intro to the album that kind of set up a tone that <laughs> you don't really cover. Considering what we were talking about last week, uh, I heard Vangelis here. When we were talking about a lot of techno or early electronica. I heard uh, 1970s Vangelis. In, I can hear in that this, in this, in this yeah, track. Sure. Just, that, but it's it, on the whole, it's an ambient track. Yeah. Um, I'll leave it at that. The connections um, are not as apparent, and the shift from track one to track two seems very, very sudden. Although it 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 makes more sense later. Yeah.
2: I'm pissed. I wanted to say that because that was my initial reaction. Uh, it was. You were holding if, your tongue it feels, too. Yes, I was we letting you finish. I'm you can sorry. still say it. Can I finish? Can I finish? Yeah, it was, it it seemed unrelated. It really did seem unrelated with the progression of the next two, three tracks. The theme work was weird
0: when compared to Caught in a Bind. I enjoyed it because there was one thing that it did share, and I thought this was kind of unique. It was unsettling. The intro was unsettling and Caught in a Bind was unsettling, as if the track title doesn't give you any hint. Um, just the, you're going from one form of unsettling into another. It's the same exact, same achievement, but it's two different ways of achieving it. And, like I said, that, that tone, that ambient noise will come back much, much later. Yeah. So it does seem to be tied in. But moving on to Caught in a Bind, I mean, upon first
1: listen, I kind of went, Ooh, wait, this is a rock album. Um, (laughs) and, I mean, it's very apparent in this track. Solid guitar and drum work, very apparent.
2: It was i I love the fight for dominance the bass and guitar had going with it it felt like the drums were egging them on. I loved that combination of the three instruments in this song,
0: but part of that was because of the time signature. It's, most of it is in seven four and you just get that that fighting nature because some some instrument has to do something different if they're gonna fit a seven four uh time slot, which is why. Pink Floyd was so creative because they did plenty of songs in 7-4.
2: But the bridge loses that magic and takes a while to reintroduce it again, to to transition back into it. I disagree with that. The bridge
0: actually I thought perpetuated the same exact feel.
2: And Mm, it's the chorus
0: that really elevates it to me. I I felt like the chorus was a great transition, especially
2: in the restatement in the second verse. I
0: agree 100% there.
2: But the bridge dropped it a little bit too much... And I felt a little loss of cohesion
0: in that aspect. I don't know, but that thing, was like
2: that was my problem. The with bridge this song. for me,
0: it was the vocals that made it. It was the the different melody that he was singing in the bridge that that made it. It all actually felt like a part of the chorus to me originally. I had thought it was a part of the chorus, like a a chorus part one, and then when it goes into the chorus, because there's not as much of a difference between the bridge and the chorus, so they have kind of an interesting idea of. Of what they're going to call the bridge and what they're going to call the chorus, and that's very indicative of Prague in general. So, uh, but it was. Slow <laughs> I, I hope jam. we're thinking of the same section. It was slow jam. That's the simplest way to put it. It lost that frantic nature in in the guitar and bass work. It had more of a slow jammy vibe, yes. But I was Which okay is... with that because, as you said in other instances, sometimes the frantic can get a little bit jarring after a while. I feel like they wanted to prove something here that they weren't going. They weren't just trying to unsettle you throughout, but I was loving that. That's the problem. I was loving I it was too. Really, but we did have it. we did have. If you count convergence, which I do, we still, we had a song and a half of that. So I, I I welcomed the change. It it they have you know it's kind of a selling point. Yeah, they need to show you like the variety of things that they can do up front in an album. I think that's important for an album.
1: Well, to hook someone early is definitely important, and I mean this track yeah. definitely did. Interest like when I was listening to this on my phone when it wasn't being stupid um, it really hooked me at first I was like wow this is definitely different from anything I've heard in a while but just the same I started connected to other places other things I've heard but definitely and as we discussed the sound influence that kind of resonates from this album it's definitely um a, it's it's an application of influence into it's own thing it's, it's
0: everything that feels uncomfortable I feel uh, part Part of that is time signature, and part of that is the, uh, the, the tone. The, it's in Lydian, and that actually becomes a recurring theme here. The, the mode itself is Lydian. That's how that sharp four, it falls right on the tritone. The, it, actually, this song starts out with the tritone. So, yes, yeah, some things will come to mind, like Rush, for instance. Uh, YYZ starts out on, that's probably the most well-known use of tritone, in rock music because they're not even shy about it they just start it right up front and this does the same exact thing so
2: thank you because I had no idea what you were talking about I, I had I hope now, you do now now I do okay um and from that slow jam because we're actually going to talk about the I want to dissect this a little bit more yes uh it, it goes into a restatement of the original riff mm mm-hmm. mhm and then into the outro and I felt like the outro needed a little stimulation. It was a little bit of a letdown. Um because it was trying to perpetuate that original riff and it, it didn't. The thing is
0: <laughs> I didn't want anything to really overshadow that chorus. I I enjoyed the chorus so much and I enjoyed the final instrumental of uh, where all the where all the instruments just drop out and you just hear I mean sorry, the vocals drop out and you just hear the instrumentals. It's kind of got this airy feel to it a little bit, combined with the dissonance. I enjoyed that. And that led to the outro, which I feel is kind of taking a relief at that point.
1: Yeah, I mean, the outro didn't really bother me one way or the other. I thought that this this track was a very... This track hooked me enough to keep me interested, but wasn't so overwhelming that I was like, this is the best thing ever. It was a solid rock track that I really
0: enjoyed, and it did some interesting things that I hadn't really heard before. The thing is, it's because of that dissonance, both in the instrumentals and his voice, that I think a lot of people would not be so inclined to uh, accept this band on on the first try. That's one of the reasons why I'm okay with the chorus, because the chorus kind of alleviates that a little bit. But if there is a song to hook you, it's the next track. Yes. The envisaged Conundrum title track. The title track is, on the record. I say this term very loosely. The poppiest, but really, that's not poppy in the slightest. It just has a little bit more of a formulaic nature to it. A little bit more of I can get on board with this. Well, Yeah, I mean for me, for an average person,
1: right? And and upon a first listen, I mean the first thing that stands out, like a sore thumb, is the chime that they use. But the chime is used in such a way that it's tasteful. It goes right there with the with the, with the the background, the figuration. It, it, it fits in the configuration yeah. perfectly and adds to this great flow that the song pretty much has throughout. It has this solid flow,
2: and I it mean, it has mm, it has a solid flow after the intro. We have to talk about this intro. The introduction of this song is. It, disjointed I don't know if that's positive or negative we're gonna get to that
0: but it is a, a real I'll admit this it is, it is a showy it's a showy prog intro there is no shortage of, of, of <laughs> proof here that they are very very talented in terms of uh, the types of stuff that they can conceive of and then after that play so it's virtuosic uh, whether you think it's connected we'll get to that but there's a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah, time signature-wise,
2: extremely complicated. Yeah, a tempo changes that really mad scientists and
0: weird people do. I sat down to figure out some of this stuff. The on the whole, they're using uh, they're using in a base of sixteen, which means it's very very fast paced, and you need to count it very very fast, or it will not make any sense if you try to count it any slower than that. Then it's just you're not gonna be able to fall on the beat. It would be impossible to keep time with that. So I ultimately settled. Once they get to the verse, it's twelve sixteen, which is just an unheard of time signature. But it's got that four groups of you know three, 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 very rapid succession, and I think it works. And when I discovered that, I just that makes that transition from the intro to the verse really seem to just fall right into place.
1: I like how different it is. I mean, first of all, especially with drum and beat. It gets so standard and standardized so easily in most rock tracks that to have something that was so disjointed for the intro, it was like, oh, curious, this is interesting. Yep. And then it went right into that, you know, kind of great flow with the chime. And I was like, wow, from interesting
2: to interesting. Yeah. You know, and I think it really worked together. The fingers walking up and down the guitar was very much easy going. Oh, yeah, in the the verse, Uh,
0: certainly. I don't know if that's quite accurate, though. It still has that... There was one element, and I think I'm going to get into just a smidgen of theory here for this track. It was still disturbing in... in It was disturbing in a different way, because instead of Caught in a Bind, which made heavy use of that tritone, same key, E, E, uh... Well, E, I can't even say E major for there. It was probably, it's E Lydian. So, Caught in a Bind is E Lydian, and in this case, you're... still using lydian a lydian bass, kind of but at the same time there were they, the one element they introduced which made it a different kind of of unsettlingness is an augmented chord which again not really that common to just sort of shove into what i previously considered the mo- the poppiest track on the album it does have it has a it has a fun air to it partly because of what you said Matt the chimes really really add to it that makes it feel accessible. But that undertone that you're talking about, John, is, I think, because of the augmented chord. It just kind of goes back and forth between E major, C augmented, and B major. So you're 1, a 1 augmented, and then a 5 chord punches it back in with 1. It's very, it, it It's it's enigmatic, as we use that word a lot. You the, use that word a lot. I do. Okay, all right. You like that word. Me. I use that word a lot. I think it's going between... Uh, between unsettling and accessible, uh, and writing that line, which is rarely done, um, I do have one problem because after exploring
2: the track, I did enjoy it. I I felt like the ending a little too long. I was I was
0: yeah, and I have to disagree with I you there. I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I think it was this... getting to that point, but it didn't get there for me. It... it did. For me, it got to that point. Let's let's go into. Uh, just a little bit more of the progression of this track, because I think this is the track that uh, really deserves some, some picking apart here. Uh, after the verse, we get into the what they term the pre-chorus, which is kind of this... It still sounds accessible. It's E major, nothing, nothing abstract there, except that beneath that, you have that guitar that's rising up chromatically, that, that very tense... It, it feels like it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard a little bit. At the same time, wow. the vocalist... Still sounds very much with the home key, and I love that 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 the tension the tension is rising. It's it's building. It's a probably the first point in the album where it seems that the album is going to move somewhere. Because yeah. Caught in a Bind had a very static feel to it throughout. They wanted to make you uncomfortable. They weren't shy about that. This track I feel is going through. Uh, it's going through the motions. Well, yeah, I had said that this track had a very kind of an, almost an evolution
1: from beginning right. to end. It went somewhere. It wasn't just kind of static like the first tra-
0: like track two was, yeah.
2: Or
1: even yeah. the first
0: track. Yeah. To some extent. And also, I want to talk about his vocals a little bit here. Because his vocals... What was that comparison that you made, Matt? You were the oh. to the singer, lead singer of
1: Fuel. Yes. Because of the way that they both end their phrasing. Yeah. They after- kind of... The, the note that they take, it, it feels... And it's kind of this waning voice
2: the fuse yeah. is more drawn not fuel. Fuse, fuel is more
1: drawn well it's all, they all, he's also a more poppy alt singer whereas this is clearly not
2: that and i mean, there's a function differences but besides i mean besides that little bit of drawing in fuel uh, i definitely see a comparison between the two well, well and I, I do I, see the comparison and
1: actually. i also i had also said which Steve still has to hear to ma- really make a comparison but as i listened to it more it felt more like chris cornell with range and accessibility to the singing itself, mm. was much more closer to Chris
0: Cornell. Well, that's the thing, this uh, Darren Charles, he has a real power behind He's He has a massive lung capacity, just the way he belts out certain melodies. But I do hear the comparison that you're making in the, yes, the ending of certain phrases. Yeah. He can belt probably a little bit more so than those other singers, but the way he ends his phrases, like, there was one here actually caught at the end of the verse, the way he sings that no concern of mine he just kind of you actually feel like there's no concern there yeah. like he become like he's belting at you on in the beginning of the phrase which sounds almost beyond what you can comprehend it's 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 very it's very up there right it's out of it's out of reach and then when he ends the phrase it sounds it, it itself returns to accessibility yeah right it's like he becomes human again after a superhuman spell and i, I really enjoy that he does that throughout the album. This is just the first point in which I noticed it on the album. I mean, the singing doesn't truly really get showcased till the end of the... Like, it, it gets showcased in places, but uh, it- I gotta disagree there. It is, it, is a main, it is the main focus, considering this is a very melody-driven album. Yeah, but you really get to focus on it on the final track, the singing. It's inevitable, because that's an acoustic track. Right. But we'll get there. We'll get there, A yeah. uh, couple more things with this. The chorus actually releases the tension that the pre-chorus started... It just releases it with this, uh, four chord. and we rock back and forth between, like, four chord, G major. It's, uh, you have this walking guitar comp in the background. Remember that really fun guitar? Yeah. It kind of joins with it. So, again, going through the motions. This part, even, it completely eradicates the, uh, the, the tension. Yeah. But then we get into more with the next verse, which starts doing this very jerky guitar, insane, uh... He's, it's the same exact time signature, but he's, he's kind of halting the guitar as it rises up until we finally get to the breakdown. And the breakdown is where I think me and John disagree, because at that point, I feel that the, the motions that we've gone through at that point really just lend itself to culminating in something that is a little bit repetitive. Yeah. I kind of want the repetitive thrashing ending with the, the chorus just going on and on again, because we've been going, you know, you have to settle somewhere. You heard it here first, folks. Steve liked repetitive something or other and something. Yes, usually this is not true, but, you know, when I get enough of one thing, it's... Might as well go to the next. (laughs) Which is a fair assessment. And speaking of the next, In A Way That Ended Me.
2: So this... This this is going to be probably the biggest point of contention on the album. mm. I just didn't like this song. Which I, I just have trouble understanding. Uh, the beginning is... It,
0: it's a slowdown. This is the first time when the piano gets showcased. You, yep. he, you hear it on the last track, last couple tracks, but it's... Here, the, it it's, uses the intro. They
1: really show the softer side of this band. This yes. is the first time it's showcased, and it comes up again. Yeah. But, but
2: the softer side, this piano work, which is very much by itself... There's not a whole lot, not, not a lot of complexity around this introduction...
0: Um There's there's not a lot of again, is not a
2: lot of instruments around this introduction. It's, which is it's different the from a piano and a and a hi hat. Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah. yeah, so it's a piano and a hi hat, but the piano is in five four. And it's it keeps repeating.
2: And I have to say with the way they were using the frantic repetition to intro their songs versus a slower repetition, I I did not enjoy this this beginning. It was really only changing keys, and y- you said yourself, it really didn't change too much. It's it
0: continues the Lydianness of the song. That's the running theme here. Get that sharp four. It it leaves a level of tension throughout, but they still want to bring you back to a a a, a basic verse chorus structure. Uh, so it's not it's not often left field here. There's still very little that I think people would have to struggle to comprehend. Like, where's the song going? It always goes back to home.
1: I think that this song had a wonderful intro. I really liked that they showcased the softer side. I think yeah, the vocals were very on point in My this mistake, track. I believe
0: it was actually 7-4 that the intro was in. And yeah, I really it's, it's, think
1: uh... this song is really one of those points where I realized that I had trouble nailing down an emotional arc for this record. There are moments where I was able to pick it up, especially on the next song, Benchmark. Um, but, for, but for this one and the ones that uh, were previous to it, you can, I can, it's almost a clutter of emotion there's it takes you through so many things that it's hard to pinpoint just one
0: i kind of enjoy that considering there's no shortage of stuff out there that gives you one thing you know i've i've heard you hear a lot of sad songs you hear a lot of romantic songs i like hearing something that's a little bit more gray because yeah. that's, that's that's closer no, to I, life for me
1: again this isn't a complaint this is just something i noticed since I tend to focus on the more emotional side of a song, I was kind of lost. Right. But But I was lost and... It was more lost in thought and kind of being led sure. than than focusing on something and just kind of... Yeah, I can I can feel you there.
2: Uh, I, I think I can actually pin this down a little bit more. Uh, see if you agree. It's more of a manic depression episode. I mean, this this... Which doesn't entail specific emotions. Let me just say that. It doesn't entail it's just it's it's less feeling love and hate and anger and all that and more of just changing the tempo of how you're thinking how you're feeling
1: i can i mean i could agree that the first half of the album does seem a little manic and how it goes all kind of all over the place
2: no i would say that the fast pace is the manic but there's still depression this intro if anything is that depression
1: yeah, but then the direction the song takes, it's just it doesn't feel as depressing anymore after that. Not
2: depressing as in sad, but depression as in slowed down. Like the actual scientific diagnosis I'm using manic depression as. Okay. It's, it's not, you know, I want to cut myself. It's, you're slowed down, It's you're less euphoric about everything. It, it's going from euphoria to... Contemplation. It's still not. I will that not apparent. say that it's
0: going from euphoria. I yeah. cannot say that it starts out in any form of euphoria. That um, frantic
2: nature—you don't feel no, that that, that high no levels e- of emotions.
0: That's not euphoria. Frantic is not euphoria to me at yeah, all. Yeah, they're not the same. Um,
2: well, I'm having difficulty because he doesn't like my manic depression.
0: Well, it's you also. I, I, I'd say manic depression, but I no, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you a little bit, John, uh, because I think that's where you gotta look toward the lyrics here. I think the, I mean, the verse, for one thing. Did you contemplate revenge? Because we wouldn't wear that. I I don't know. It seems that there is uh, some unfinished business going on here. Um, Even in the chorus. Take one for your insolence and hope that your heart contends. I won't roll over, it seems. I ran over that dream. That's kind of powerful. So, yes. I'm going to go with your depression thing here. And I think the piano work... And its halting nature, kind of fits that. Yeah, it's a, John John's happy about that one. He, he made a point. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna do bad
2: things to you in your sleep, <laughs> when nobody's watching. All in all, with this song though, I can say, that and comments? I can
1: see the depressing nature in the song, but the emotions also get more. Uh, it be- they become clearer as the album progresses. It's less cluttered as we go through the album until we get towards the end of the album where it just goes to a whole new
2: level. Yeah, you're starting off on a caffeine high and coming down from it. Then you got Benchmark. Benchmark is... Whew, I mean, the the, the guitar-based
0: intro for this song is just so beautiful. These, these guys work so well In together. my opinion, this was... of these Of these first six tracks, because we have a bit of a division on this album where we have six tracks of kind of short statements and then we have an intermission and then we have an epic. Actually, so it's seven it's time, tracks. It's time to mention that. Seven tracks and then the intermission. Uh, that's inter- right, seven tracks, The uh, the intermission, and then the epic that follows and an acoustic outro. That's the overall arc of this album, which I find really, really inventive. Which is why, when you look at this track in particular, I think this is the most creative sound on the album. And yeah. one of the most creative sounds I've heard... In general, lately, because of what you said, Matt, the way in which the bass is working with the acoustic guitar—they complement each other so well. It's the most unique thing. I can't pin down a genre on it necessarily. Yeah, and style and of the
2: bass—it's not even that. It's the transition into
0: the chorus that was just oh, yeah. astounding. That's right. There, <laughs> this I, is the part. Yet again, they start. They're in Lydian. See, that, that's a running theme, right? That gives you that 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 unsettledness at the beginning, right. and then you pull back briefly. To a six chord, which was not yet done in this album, You're going to uh, a a minor six chord, and then thrown right back into Lydian, and later on it changes and goes through. Uh, it actually goes through a modulation later in the song. So this is advanced. This is advanced stuff,
1: right here. And and this song is the first time that I got a, a pretty obvious sense of where to feel. I mean, this it just kind of has this romantic vibe. Yeah. And and you can feel it almost
0: immediately in this track. Yeah, this this is the romantic track on the album to me. Interestingly. It's the most creative musically and it's the most most romantic. It's um some of my favorite lyric work as well. Yeah. One thing that they dropped off, this is not a complicated rhythm necessarily. This no. is your basic four four. I feel like they wanted you to focus on the other things that this out that the uh that the performers can do. Yeah. At this point. You know, don't get lost in crazy time signatures. Let's focus on tone and that's that's the This is definitely
1: there. a song where the tone
0: rings and, true. And and interplay between the instruments. They're playing off one another. They're yeah. uh they're comping. It's there's a amazing solo down the road. The guitar outro. Oh, love which that Which is one outro. of the better
2: if not eh, not quite best, but better outros on the album. It it solidified the song as the benchmark. It, it's it's a really appropriately idealized song. This is the level they try to get to emotionally.
0: And they hit it on
2: so many different chords.
0: Yeah. And it's a lot darker, I noticed. Yeah. A lot darker than many of the other tracks, even though the other tracks can sometimes be more thrashy. Certainly later on we get a lot more of what, yeah, what la- is a lot tracks... closer to metal. But that doesn't equal dark necessarily. Well, no. You can, you can be dark with a thinner composition of, of instruments. And this, Absolutely. Uh, this dark all, has
1: little to do with... with musical style and more to do with with
0: tone yeah if that makes even the sense. intro kind of can be a little bit dark the, the yeah. intro is kind of ominous I'm surprised we didn't throw that word out there oh, that's true yeah I hadn't thought of that yeah considering some of the stuff that uh, comes up later on this album I think the intro I think that strengthens its place well, yeah I mean oh. getting I mean, in track six submerged frantic
2: it gets it, like from the beginning it's this kind of frantic. With the piano work, it, this really cements the piano work as a. I I It's hard for me to explain, because it feels like one of the major components of this album, even though it's really not showcased too often, is the piano. I feel like the tone of this album would be so much different if the piano was replaced or suppressed. And this song really cements that instrument as a lead
0: character in the album. You know what? Just because we're getting into frantic here, I feel like I, I can't be entirely done with uh, with benchmark quite yet, because that's not it's not as dark throughout, which is why before we get into like the frantic stuff, the chorus, as you recall, is kind of happy. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of positive and, and uplifting, and they drop us back to major, which again we don't get major too much here. We have like seven e sevens or something like that, but we don't get full on major for a chorus it's climactic on major that's kind of odd but then that's when you start modulating uh through the other chords here and then we end on the e7 which is the same place that you were back in uh, uh envisions conundrum so I think it's because benchmark goes through so many chord changes why we, that's why we can accept the frantic nature uh, of submerged of submerged exactly but which in
2: and of itself is
0: it's and it's a oppressing at points. Yeah. It's it's a fr- it's frantic in a different way. It chooses it to be frantic not through chord changes or anything like that. It chooses it through time signature. You yeah. get that you know through control. Yeah, we're in two measures of four four. Now we're in two measures of five four. Two measures in four four. Two measures of five four. It's, I love that that back and forth nature. There was, the, yeah, there was just solid hands on the reins yeah. on the tempo of this song. Exactly, it wasn't as as sporadic as the intro of Invisids conundrum. And it right. ends with a guitar
2: solo that Steve actually wrote out on one of his little programs. I transcribed it because I love it. And it's I it's it essentially so like you could you could just draw straight
0: lines across. Almost, it's so. It's actually a very—it's oh, so full. Yes, it's actually a very organized uh, solo, even though it doesn't seem it on the first listen.
1: It seems very listening to it. It does sound very disorganized
0: and all over the place. Yeah. but it's in seven four. We go again. We've gone through a huge transition from the early part of the song into this solo. Right. Uh, what should we call it? We start off on. Uh, we don't. We actually start off on more of a. B minor and then we go we eventually end up on uh b lydian so we're back into lydian mode now so after pulling us in a more familiar key where we can focus on the time signatures instead of the tonal changes now all of a sudden here they throw us right back into the the essence of unsettled nature in this album which is that lydian tone although it's a different key and that's when they decide to just go off and do their own thing and it's all guitar this is i can't i You said that it was drum work, John. I can't feel it necessarily. That's there. That's there as a as a bait backdrop to keep time for the guitarist. But I feel like it's anything. It's piano more so because the piano provides that undertone. That that
2: was that was the real main focus. And I was yeah. When we were discussing it earlier, I was incorrect. It really was that piano that struck that guitar. That's how we know
0: that we're in seven four, and then we can follow along with the with the solo and hear all the all the punctuatedness of of the uh, of the transcription I mean I sat there and looked at it myself I just I'm, I'm stunned and I'm amazed that just in that without actually going through any other chord changes just in B. Lydian alone they managed to reach such a climax in the middle of that solo before uh, the outro it never becomes where everything gets really soft really yeah. thin and it's just oh gorgeous and right. it never leaves seven to four and never leaves Lydian after that. Right. Great. And then
1: when it gets soft like that, I mean, it's a perfect setup for the next track as well. I mean, that getting soft like that at the end it pretty much almost sets up um, a brief foray, which mm. upon the beginning of it, the intro is very Ben Folds-esque. The, the, the style and When of you piano, pointed that out, that was... Oh. The style of the piano and the way it's being played along with the accompanying instruments, Mostly in the intro, as the song goes on, it changes a bit. But definitely in the intro, it feels very much like something out of this, straight out of the '90s—a very Benfoldsian
0: kind and yet, of song. Later in the track, the synth work, yeah, actually, is more '80s. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of a weird blend between both. If
2: Submerged cemented the piano as a lead character, here's where they allowed the piano to do what the guitar and bass have been doing this entire album, which is yeah. to walk, to play. To do its own thing, and it really that was this is my favorite piano work and this is I like it better than disclose the next track i I love the piano work because it's treated like the guitar has been treated in this album. It is allowed to do whatever the heck it wants, everything else is just to support it in the verses in the choruses it's allowing the piano to shine as and opposed, I love that
0: as opposed to uh Vehemently disagree, disagreeing with you as I usually do. I'm going to respectfully disagree with you because that's a very, very good point, and I, I can take your difference of opinion there. Uh, I happen to love disclosure for reasons that, I'm a piano player, and it's just, it's, it's a wet dream essentially. Um, but I will agree with John that it, but this song really does cement the piano in the forefront. It part. cements it. It is the best, uh, the best implementation of the piano with the rest of the band. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And that's
2: not the best part of the song. That's not even close to the best part of no, the song. No, it's not. The best
0: part of the song is the best solo on the album. I, uh, I don't I'm, care I'm, what you I'm, say. I, no, I don't care. There are three great solos in this album, and I cannot choose between them. I can choose. This one is of sick. them was the one in Submerged, the, uh, for all the reasons I just mentioned. The solo of A Brief
2: Foray, the guitar work at the end, goes and showcases the solos of the last 60 years in one piece. There are touches of punk, of rock, both classic, rock and roll, of alternative, of even dashes of jazz. There's so much work in here that I I can't count anything at this level, and it is a long solo. It is, what, two and a half, three minutes long?
1: It's the the whole tail
0: end of the the track. This is why I just gotta interrupt. I love this solo for all the same reasons as you do. I want to point out that I actually have read, uh, well... I, I had a feeling about this, and sure enough, when I read another review on this album, uh, someone fe- felt that this solo was a little bit aimless. Um, and I can understand it because of how long that solo is. I, in fact, had a moment on our on very first listen where I was wondering exactly where they were going. But this is why I would call this album as a whole the kind of album that grows on you, that, that you find something new on every single listen. Because with, with a keen ear... This solo, it it's amazing how they tie it together over the course of that three minute period. It's, it's not, astounding. It's not just tied together over the course. Yes. It's also the finishing part
2: of our shorts. This is the finality in our short segment of the album of the of the first. You have to seven admit tracks. this
0: is a looser solo as opposed to the submerged. It's a much tighter framework.
2: Tighter, but this is more restating the entire. Precursor of 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 what it's what 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 came before. This is restating tracks one through seven. It's trying to get the feel of culminating those tracks because we're about to go into our interlude. No, I, That's I, what it does. I agree one hundred percent there. Especially in 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 the
0: its reference to disclosure. This needed to be here because that's the thing, I, and yeah, that kind of strengthens your point a little bit further. Because when you really consider the submerged solo. It's it's a fun solo. Yeah. It's really really fun to listen to. I could listen to it endlessly. But for that reason, it seems like the showy climactic point where this is the culmination. The culmination climactic. Point. But I overture can't. share... different. Uh. Well, we're past the overture. That would be in the beginning. The overture is. What's the converged. opposite of the overture? <laughs> the uh, the, Well, the end. The end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The thing about I this, cannot think of the word now. The and thing now it's, about this solo.
1: And what pisses me off about that review you read about saying it's aimless is that aimless isn't bad. It's not always bad. No, it's not. It, I, the it fact, just, the fact, let me finish my statement. Hard. The fact that someone's taking the guitar and literally just going, hey, let's wander for a bit, see where we go, is so beautiful. And what makes it such a strong solo is that I they agree. said, that when they wrote this, it's like, well, let's start and see where it ends up. There's no way that this was pre... pre like, this had to be somewhat improvisational yeah. and it comes across in the sound. And the the actual And for, and to say it's aimless as is a negative is missing the whole point of this track and solo and completely.
0: To boot it wasn't just uh it wasn't just dissing the solo it was dissing the track as a whole and said that a brief foray is simply more of the same and does not offer anything new. It's a, it's it's Which more is of the same I, because I, it's bringing I I I everything hated that I read that. Yeah, I really it doesn't did. make any it's sense. This is where I want to make a little sigh. I'm going to have an aside uh Nate gets to have his asides on the Average Intelligence Podcast. I'm going to do that right now. There is a little bit of a bias against the prog community. Um, certainly, this was prevalent in the whole Rock and, wall, rock and Roll Hall of Fame business, oh, yeah. with them choosing to keep prog bands that had been incredibly influential out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For some reason, they just, just got in. I know, they just got in now. Which is BS. It's very... A lot of BS, but, you know, I... When do I look to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for, uh, for ideas, exactly? Um, but I'm just pointing out that there is a bias for this exact reason. Sometimes the idea around Prague is that sometimes they can play around too much. And they can forget the theme, and they can get lost in their own uh, masturbation, so to speak. I mean, it just goes on, and you wonder exactly where you are. But I disagree with all of this. I'm, I'm just stating this to be objective about it. Right, but this is the bias against Prague, and this is why a lot of Prague bands, like this one, sadly, might just stay over in England because it tends to be an American bias. But see, the thing about English, that bias... There's no shortage of, Ameri- of English hard, uh, but, prog bands.
1: But but the thing about that bias, though, is that I can see that bias with other bands. But with this band, this is a culmination track that's pulling in elements of all the other songs, like John said, and then it's a solo that's just
0: wandering free, a free-range solo. So to make it's that comment...
2: No, it's a free-range solo that's both pointed and commentary on the rest of the album. And falls in the so, best
0: location, because after this is the defined intermission.
2: So, you know what? You know what? A big screw to you to anybody that finds the same one.
0: Because, right out there you know what yeah. that's that's bull yeah sit down there and, and analyze because you shouldn't be to listening to this record in the first place then yeah well that's oh but no we want more prog fans we do we really do
2: well <laughs> you know what there's and I'm gonna bring we this just up don't want now flighty ones. I, was, I was gonna bring this up in the breakdown but I gotta bring it up now this so far has been very difficult to approach now I have a backing in prog that I never even knew I had which made this album very familiar to me Maybe not the exact riffs, maybe not the exact tones, but I was able to
0: easily accept and comprehend the technical chops these guys have. And that's part of the reason why I I I've bumped up my rating actually, because I I feel that this is another one of those crossover things. I think this is the band that makes Prague accessible. They combine it with a with a pop structure, so to speak. They do consider themselves early. You said that
2: was on their website. The, they they consider themselves quote progressive rock pop which Which alludes more towards the 60s, 70s, and 80s era of rock and roll. Right. But I would not use pop so loosely. Well, also pop to them overseas is different than pop here as well. Yes. And pop here is not the right term. Classic rock in form not pop in form. If I, you're gonna make yes. yeah, if you're gonna make that sort of, it's it's differences, because if they were pop, this would have been
0: bad. Of course, yeah, it would have been well, there's really, really bad. There's only one way in which this uh, this likens itself to pop is the fact that there is a verse-chorus structure. But that's so loose, so yeah. loose. I mean, even even a lot of other prog bands will still have a verse-chorus structure. That's uh, that's, you know,
2: the guys I mentioned from the beginning. Ex- yeah. That's the whole thing. I have a backing and uh, uh the but, but, um. Ryan, try that again. <laughs> I mean, I listened to some weird stuff growing up.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, ELO, Moody Blues,
0: Jeff yeah, it, Tull, it's, it's Early weird, Kansas. It's weird for a kid. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes, but... This album would do so much better with a more mature audience.
0: Well, that's the thing. It seems to me that Rock, to some extent, and uh, this is go back to your very, 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 very pointed statement last week, Matt, um, that... Right now, music has never been better and never been worse. Correct. And I do believe that they're, uh, speaking to the worse p- side of things, I do believe rock has been dumbed down a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, compare Comparatively to the 70s. You know, yes, we've advanced other things. We've advanced tone and whatnot, but in terms of the formulaic style, we're, we're really moving away from that developmental <laughs> well, nature well, that they wanted. And they were trying to prove back in the 70s. Well,
1: also, that's mostly because in the 90s, and especially in the 2000s, it was about marketing the music more so than making the music. Yeah. And now, as we get into the internet-fueled culture, we may see a return to more complicated rock music because it's so easy to get out there yourself. Like, when, when I brought you to hear Almost There for the first time, um, Jersey local band that we're hoping to eventually have on the podcast, you enjoyed it because, as far as mainstream rock goes... They were way doing way much more with three instruments than anyone else was doing. They are, they are, they are the doing.
2: best local band I have seen. And to I date. gotta okay. Yeah. I gotta pose this pose this question: Who's mainstream rock? Like just rock, not rock pop, not alt rock, but like true rock and roll or classic rock really... or something from the '60s or '70s. You know, what, so I mean, are only... really out there anymore. The, the,
0: the only one I can really name is just undoubtedly mainstream rock is Muse. <laughs> yeah when they do and, mainstream rock yeah and they're they're moving into different territories recently i they like i do said they're symphonic rock. rock as of the second law of their recent yeah. album they're symphonic rock so yeah. um and i love what they're doing i i've even grown to love that album more ever since but uh let's face it it seems whenever something kind of becomes mainstream we're adding a different element we've got a we've gotta a We've got to show some, some, some gold and some diamonds oh, and, I mean, and really flash it up their, for the public. I
1: haven't seen their newest album. I haven't heard their newest album yet, which I think came out last year sometime. But The Strokes, with their first couple of records, were very much mainstream rock also. Last last night, I would make one of their first big singles
2: was very rock and roll. I would make comparisons to other genres as well. Right. No, I don't... But I do see the point you're making. At the same time, like, but that, that still doesn't really... Rock...
0: Is rock dead? No. But that's a whole oh, different we, discussion. We've had this discussion before, and I don't believe it's dead. Our I album... I believe that it, it, our, it's... The album I've chosen... can be found in its purity it, it, in uh, many locations. Oh, well. I think that the band the band that we're going to do next
1: week, the album that I've chose, is actually one of the perpetua- perpetuators of mainstream
0: rock. I'll go with that. Because we'll they are At very At the same much time, though, the, just to reel it back, the point I was really trying to make is that the... Uh, the artistic side of things, the developmental side of rock, is, seems to be what is a little bit lost. Alt yes. tries to do it, but they can still stay very concise in yeah. their message. They can be abstract in tone, but not always in form. Yeah. So, uh, I think it's this was an appropriate place for this aside yeah. because this is the big divide on this album. Yep, we're getting up to eight, which is dis- yeah. track eight, which is disclosure. From, from here on, it is all artistic yeah and it's an it's it's masterpiece front to back but this
1: is proof this 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 second half
0: of this album is what art and music should grow to be especially i agree but this is why i called it this the best mix album because i don't think i feel like if you dropped the the border stomps then when we get into the neck or even disclosure if you dropped that in the beginning of this album oh no it wouldn't work at all uh yeah it'd be terrible no, t- not terrible. Well, not terrible, not but it'd it feel out of place and awkward. It would, it would not be terrible. I would still listen to it.
2: Uh, this is the point where I would actually want to get up, take the record, flip it,
0: and start it again. Okay, that's yeah. That's probably the yeah, most important way. Yeah, and if I was in a zone where this is what I wanted to hear, then sometimes I admit I would start on side B. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. But I just feel like not knowing it, that it would be awkward to just start with this as track one.
2: Um, it would feel out of place and disjointed. I, so anyway, it would be off. any anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, let's disclosure, which is the why I make this illusion. is pure piano jam section. It's haunting. He's just having fun. He's just going jam. At and pl- it. Jam implies you're working with someone else. He's jamming by himself. He's jamming. Yeah, it's mental masturbation. And it's, it's 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 he's playing with the piano. I I suspect it's a guy playing with the piano. I
0: suspect. That most of this was written verbatim.
2: Yeah. Some, verbatim,
0: not not soloed. Yeah. I have a feeling this is a written track. Th- it is formed. Well, it, it some does of have it is
2: form. and some of it is extremely familiar. They borrowed themes from other music. I cannot. From but the but it was. But the way I'm going to touch
0: upon that. But the way was. Make your point.
1: The may, the way it was performed though is it's so haunting. Not because the track itself is spooky, but because he's playing it so slightly off key, and the tones go so slightly off key in so many directions. And I wish, I wish I.
0: Uh, it just it makes I wish it I sound had creepy. had spent more time to really slice up uh, the the theory wise, slice up the uh, the construction of this song as I did the others. Um, but to be honest, this is the point where if you've been following me so far, and if you haven't, whatever, you'd definitely be lost on this one. So I'll spare you. Uh, but in terms of what John started to say before. The things that it does relate to, that it goes back to, the things that it sounds a little bit similar to, are unlike anything that we've been describing so far. This is a lot more jazzy. And it's not just jazz, it's almost avant-garde jazz. Yeah. But it does have a form, but let, let's face it. It's, it's in a completely different mode. Uh, it's just certainly not Lydian. This is something beyond Lydian. Um, and parts of it go back... To 1920s Expressionism. And we haven't talked about that since Hide the Kitchen Knives yeah. by the Paper Chase. No,
1: yeah, this definitely gave that disjointed, uncomfortable feeling that we felt at the, in the intro track as well. It's just because it's just slightly off key and they're kind of following a melody but kind of putting you off, the entire time
2: you physically feel uncomfortable listening to the song. No. And that's the point. No, refuting that. I didn't feel
0: that at all. I didn't feel uncomfortable. I thoroughly enjoyed it. In and of itself, there's also a section there in that it goes through the the beginning. I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. The middle, it it moves into a purely fun, jazzy piece. I'll, You're just I'll, engaged in in what he's doing. I'll concede that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's virtuosic at that point, point. and then the end is is smooth, really beautiful. Yeah. Like it, it it's it's classical piano at that point. Yeah, I just um, I just enjoyed it, kind of Jan Tiersen uh,
2: material. Initially, I did not like the way this album flowed from a brief foray to Disclosure, but upon analyzing that that guitar solo and seeing it as the culmination and really trying to divide it into short stories and an epic, I enjoy what Disclosure does to the album.
1: And honestly, with your A-side, B-side point, if you had taken Disclosure to track 12 or Disclosure to border, Border Stomp and put them at the top, and then put from convergence to uh, a brief foray on the bottom with with uh, raised concerns still being the last track. It would still work because you're flipping the sections. But I feel like they could still work flipped because they're
2: so complete together.
0: This uh, uh, nine
2: through twelve could work as an EP.
0: Yes, by itself. Yes, I agree, and it would be a very different type of album in that yes. case. Yes, um, but at the same time. For reasons of accessibility, I like that it's all blended. Yes. And it shows, in one shot, what the band can do. yeah Like, the full range of what they can do. So yeah. as okay. an arc, I love it. Disclose your beautiful piano
2: work. And then we have, freaking Border Stomp. The oh Border my Stomp. god. The Border Stomp. So bar-
1: Border Stomp is Please. actually one song split into three parts over three tracks. but it they clearly, didn't want to make
2: 15 minutes of one song. But it clearly
1: yeah. flows as if it were meant to be one song broken down into sections. It's part one, Death to Tuesday. Part two, Blind, and part three, CL, Cielo Azul. But it's cl- we have to talk about it as one song because yeah. it's
2: clearly one song.
1: Yeah, this the is, way they would felt. not have
2: said part one, two. This three, is either. this is yeah. the restatement of every progressive idea, starting in the fifties to probably late mid late
0: eighties. Fifties is a bit of a stretch because I don't think rock had any it had any uh, eh, any dreams of such at the time. Progressive
2: started back then. The foundation started. It wasn't really a oh. genre until. About I know you're pulling that on. As... No, no, it wasn't a genre until about nineteen seventy. But there is was theme work. In no, I, I would the 50s. say late
0: sixties. Late sixties, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nineteen seventy.
2: This is it's a year off. All right. Track Su- me tracks nine to eleven. Six.
1: Are where you really get a sense of this band's influence, and that they took things from so many different cookie jars and put it together there's, and made it their
2: own. There's Ozzy Osbourne, it, there is the Moody Blues, and I—that's a you huge can feel,
1: compliment. You can feel Rush in this. You can feel
2: Pink Floyd
1: yet in this. And at the same
0: track. time, I feel departures from many of these things to, uh, to boot. Like yes. I feel like they've taken Rush and they've just. They like, just twisted them up like, and down and inside out. Like I said, they made it their own. They took
1: elements of other things, but yeah. in the end, they really made it theirs. This is a
2: true blend. This is a true combination of similar genres into one different thing. Into something that is a little more on the unique side. That truly So unique. much to the point Not that I would unique. almost
0: change the genre at this point. I would, I would actually hesitate to call it prog as much as I'd call it art rock which is
2: extremely closely related to Prague, in uh, idea, in concept.
0: Yes, this similarity—it just, it just takes it a step. further. And this, this yeah.
2: entire, this, this trifecta also has a, one unifying part. of it is the the metal undertones, this is a truly metal part of the album, or at least metal grunge. It's it's unified around that core concept, yet is inventive, is unique in so many little instances. As a whole, is completely coherent. It's there's, I cannot point to anything save one part, that is wrong with this trifecta, and it's not even wrong. It's just disappointing, and that is, I don't care what he's saying, at all. I don't uh, care about the words at all. And that's I gotta point this out throughout this whole album. There's very little of the words I care about.
0: I have a friend. It's more I'm calling you out, James. I'm calling you out, a friend who, when I handed. When and I was about to hand you the lyrics for this album, because um, I, I had to ask him for like some copies uh, from his album before I had ordered it from England, uh, and when I made that request, he looks to me and he says, because I, I had to explain, I had to say, alright, John really likes, he's a lyric guy, I, I, he wants to analyze these things. And he looked at me and he goes, ooh, analyzing prog lyrics. As if, like, that's just not done. Because of the fact that, of course, the point is the music. Yeah, That's what everyone goes to Prague first. First and foremost. So I'm not going to say you're wrong for not listening to the lyrics. I just... I can't call them throwaways here at all. They're not all. No, not throwaways. Just unimportant. Like the song could exist without it? I don't think that's true. The vocals were necessary. The words can be changed. Um, you know, even though I've said enigmatic before, as if you can't put a, a, a face on the emotion necessarily, that's incorrect to say it as a lump sum. It goes through a range, which means if you take any given part of this track, there is probably an emotion, which means that they have to have a certain number of lyrics. And like I pointed out in, in a way that ended me, just the way that that portrayed uh, that depressiveness you know, actually, that's what you pointed out. I, I see it in the lyrics. I always see a connection from from the lyrics to the music, and in this case, I do too. It, and it's, it's clear that weird. this is even more of a depressing nature than that song. This is this yeah, is and the it's, climax in his, his vocal tone. I hear the same anger here almost as I did in "Hide the Kitchen Knives."
1: Yeah, but, but I, I can have... get that. I can get that sense without what he's saying. Exactly, it's how he's saying it that makes it. This come is across the, more.
2: This is we oh. talked about it before. This is when the vocals are pure, well, not pure, but
0: more instrumentation as opposed to conveyance of words. Well, you at least agree that his that his the melodies are necessary. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the melodies are are the core component. We're of
1: saying album. what he's saying isn't as important as how he's saying it. That's what I'm saying. Essentially, all right. the emotion is well, easy lyrics. to tell from how he's singing it. Harmonies are beautiful. I
0: obviously agree with you on that Everything is that was my experience with everything But that's is usually my experience with yeah. music. I usually go to music first. So, yeah. I find Yes. The reality with it's Border just, Stomp is this. What? He's that's just so just, upset. He loves no, to read words. It's just the only thing. It's so strange. Because in all the other instances when I've kind of poo-pooed lyrics, you know, we've had that case a them. lot. In this case, I just find myself being more defensive of them. And I find myself singing along a lot earlier. That, that means there has to be some extra pull here. That means that it has to go hand in hand with the melody and the instruments. I feel... I think
2: I'm just too enthralled with the instrumentation. All right. John might not so, have the focus to absorb both. Simply. Well, no, I know I I recognize yeah. the words. That's the whole thing. I think I'm recognizing the words, but immediately forgetting them because like, yeah, I saw that in the dictionary on? once. Yeah, yeah, I The read that thing word. about no, border- I'm, I'm, uh, hang on, I'm try I I understand exactly what he's saying, but I feel like it's the least important aspect of the the experience I have here. At that oh. point, it's opinion. You can't really argue that. Which is why, like, I just don't care for the words. I care for the harmonies. I care for the instruments, okay. the melodies, the chords. So if it. we
0: alter to say the, I don't care for it to not mean what most people think it means. Uh, I don't care for it equals I don't like it. It's actually just I'm. You're not, it, you're not focusing on it.
2: It's, it's the it's not, the low.
0: It's the last aspect I need. Okay. To actually make this. Work. All right. I'll buy it. Thank you. I still think it's highly, but that's my personal taste. The thing I want to oh, yes, say about is. Border Stomp is that it's all taste.
1: As song as far as songs go. This one is very difficult to describe because it just goes through so many emotions through the, the entire yeah, just track. Just listen
2: to it. You really need to just, just care listen for to yourself. It.
0: We're not going to be able to pick apart this thing. Like, it's it's I too difficult. I can't even pick apart this thing, and I, Pause usually, it. I usually do that.
2: Pause us. Go to the bathroom. Get something to eat. Settle down. Listen to it. Then come back to us. It's right
0: there on Spotify. This is your cue. We link go, it. Go to track. Go to tracks. Uh, which 10, Nine, uh, ten, and nine, eleven. Nine, ten, this and is, eleven. This starting is a, now. Welcome back.
2: And then that that was ineffable, wasn't it? I told you, it's ineffable. So
1: moving on to track 12, which happens to be one of my favorite tracks on the record because A it's a fantastic conclusionary track, but also besides that, it's just plain beautiful and heartfelt. Wow. This is this is a so- this is a track that just showcases the emotionality
2: of the singer and so well and how well he sings. Raise concerns. This is the song that says all that creepiness, all that discontent all the disturbed emotions you had in this album and are a little justified, but don't worry
0: about it. Don't oh. don't worry. You know, the funny thing is I almost had a different reaction there. I mean, I could I could see where you pick up on that, but I actually took all that other stuff but like this is after you've gone through the range of anger and madness, frantic behavior. This culminates in sadness. Like, all that has just led you to this. I feel it was more acceptance than sadness. There is an acceptance there, especially with the final line. Like, it, all I know is that it must be over, and I feel fine. Like, I, it's really... Yeah. This is an acceptance it's track. An acceptance. It's acceptance. But it's, there's a sadness to acceptance.
2: Of They're course. Always, there always
1: is. is. Yeah, there's absolutely. always that dash of hope. Yeah. No, this song is definitely... And I think that's why as an arc, it works so well emotionally. It's funny how... Because we, even though the beginning is cluttered
2: and disjointed, it starts to hammer yeah. itself out, by the end... You just accept it. And this is this song is a very simple acoustic guitar with pure singing, it, it and com- builds into. I, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, that's that's the whole thing. It's it's still got that ineffable quality, and yet is very face forward,
0: which is a, a weird combination. I'll tell you, one of my favorite transitions on this track is after you get all that acoustic stuff going on the beginning where it repeats the same the same phrase over and over and over again and yet I I I don't get tired of it, but I don't expect it to change and then they they still do it's that that fall into verse 2 that don't ever say you will not follow, and all the other instruments come in. Yep. Every, it, it's oh. and for the first time on but the entire record, me down to sleep or something.
1: And the first time on the record, and the only time it would have been appropriate, to introduce a cello. There's a cellist mentioned in the booklet for the album. There you go. That pl- that here, give me the booklet because I want to actually <laughs> read the cellist's name. No, we have a the, the the cellist's name Hannah Miller. Like it's just this beautiful cello that comes in towards the second ha- the the. the a little bit past the second half of the track that's just so beautiful and so perfect for this song it wouldn't have fit anywhere else and so they didn't put it anywhere else she's only featured on that one song in that one moment and it's beautiful
0: yeah it's and it's it's repetitive it, it works as an outro yeah not just for a track but for an album absolutely it, it's such a resounding outro like I said using that same final line all I know is that it must be over and I feel fine
1: yeah this al- this album culminates beautifully it starts beautifully it's got a great arc and i think this is an appropriate moment to start getting up getting into our wrap up all right so i mean for me so getting getting this album from from steve first of all with all the hullabaloo he put up with us actually listening to it and getting the right files and ordering it from online i was an yeah, audio. I, was, I was an
0: audiophile on this one it's like no must have cd quality you can speak during your combination I it's my combination no compression so
1: we had to put it off a few weeks but but so honestly when i played when i first turned on Convergence, and I'm listening to this beautiful intro, you know, that's instrumental. I'm going, What the hell have I gotten myself into? But then, once Caught in a Bind started, and I started to see where this album was really going, and that it had this grunge tone that I was kind of familiar with. I made
0: comparisons to Alice in Chains and Soundgarden because it's there. I was more on board because I could compare it to something. And And, after you've been ramming ramming that down my throat for a while, I hear it. I do hear it. It has a 90s grunge feel to it.
1: And so, for me, it's just one of those things. It's one of those things that... I I really liked it. I mean, I didn't know where it was going to go, but I really did enjoy it. And, I don't know. I mean, truthfully listening to this record, it was hard for me to listen to this album because at first I was bothered by the clutter of emotion, but on a second listen I realized, I believe it was almost intentional. This kind of clu- cluttered feeling that was hammered out throughout the album until you get to this clear distinction of emotion, especially in uh, Border Stomp, where you go through pretty much every emotion throughout that three-part song, and then it culminates with such a beautiful song of acceptance. It has... This song, as the first album I'd say, has a stronger arc than Paper Chase because mm-hmm. it takes you through a range of emotions instead of just
0: being one... It's like they bottled it all up. They stuffed it in a bottle and then it's, they chucked it at the sea and then someone just smashed it open and it not spills everywhere.
2: Fifty <laughs> Shades of Angry. It's just feels. It's, it's, yes. Essentially. I hope has so
0: many feels, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, Forget for me, that. you know, <laughs> sure. and it's just funny because comparing it to something like Malcolm Moore and Ryan Lewis where each track is clearly a specific emotion except in sp- certain cases, you're supposed to feel a certain thing on each track. This is emotionality done differently, but just as well. Because you've, you don't know what the hell to feel in the beginning. It's completely confusing. Which real life emotion can be. But then getting towards the end, you know where you are. You know where you're going. And then when you get there, you accept it. So for me, I can't give this album anything less than five stars. For me. Because, first of all, it's a new band that I didn't know. That I fell in love with pretty much immediately after I could what they could do. But then after on a second listen really putting the pieces together, it has an emotional arc. It has a theme. It has, on the second listen I was getting a better sense of the lyrics. So it has these great lyrics that upon a first listen didn't seem very important. But again, it's more about how he sings the lyrics than what he's saying. And that can be just as important and impactful. And then of course finally the musicality. The, the, The technical level that this album takes is not so in your face that you're like, oh, look at us. We're awesome and technical. I hate that. You know, it's good, too, for different reasons. But in this, it's look what we can do. Isn't it beautiful? It's not Mm. about shoving it down your throat like we're artsy, we're awesome, we can do these things. It's just there. It's here. Enjoy. And, And it's less in your face and more...
0: It's easier to accept that
1: way, I feel.
0: It's also been a long time since I've heard a guitar solo that doesn't feel like masturbation on stage. (laughs) Pretty much. It's, It's like we're doing something beautiful with the guitar and it also happens to be
1: incredible as well. So for me, I can't rate this any lower than five stars. I think it's a fantastic album and I'm excited to hear what they do in the future.
2: I was a little more nitpicky when we were breaking this down. I did not get the same range of emotions that I feel like you two gentlemen did. They were a little more steady in what I was feeling. Primarily apprehension, that seemed to be the major theme work in here. That being said, the album started damn good and like culminated in in Five, tr- six straight tracks of five-star level, which is phenomenal to say the least. That's just unheard of. This is that's scary. Uh, I'm gonna say that because of the fact that it really didn't start at five. I like it better. I did not want something that would just beat my heart apart apart and destroy my brain from the inception it can't be all rise it can't be all rise it's got to build to something and this completely built up it it did it introduced me it brought me it brought me up it was conceptually perfectly designed i didn't like every song well i didn't die for every song i liked It was, in the way that ended me, just took a sour turn on me. And that's the part that I, I, I'm i just going to dock off a little bit on this album. Because it's, for me, just shy of hitting five star. And it's going to be, I can't even do it at 4.75. This is 4.85. You can do it. This is 97th percentile. <laughs> we'll 4.9. Point, four point straight up 4.9 it is just shy of making me rethink my life we'll put it that way <laughs>
0: that's that's so strange
2: it's it's that that slight downturn and honestly for me it's just i can't sing along yet and in a couple months when we do our re-evaluation this is gonna be a five-star album because i'll sing along yeah through. we always
0: change our it's
2: that little aspect i didn't really need the lyrics but that would have made it a five-star that that right there that accessibility would have made it five-star.
0: Right.
2: So I took off a point.
0: Okay. All right. One. Okay. All
2: right.
0: Point one. Point one. I think I see how this is going to go. First of all, Matt, uh, I want to really thank you for your uh, summation. It was actually very thorough uh, in, all the, in all the points that you hit on uh, in your final rating there. Pretty much covered everything, in fact. <laughs> Which um, is why I didn't repeat it. Yeah. Uh, and to touch on your points, John you know the funny thing about i do feel like apprehension is the major element i think that if one was to to take the spotlight that's the one but they definitely go through other things when it comes right down to it theory wise a lot of people especially if you've grown up on modern rock i just don't think we're used to a lot of modes outside of major and minor it's just it doesn't come up in rock a lot if you're a jazz guy you'll hear that stuff well, that's pretty much your that's that's your vocabulary. Um and these guys are incorporating that into their vocabulary and other prog bands do that as well. But apart from just lumping this into oh yes, it's another wonderful prog band. This this really is somewhat of a life-changing album for me and I'm I'm not shy to say that because of the way it it, it blends both. I'm the kind of guy who I, I, and all my friends have sometimes said this, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love this album, and sometimes I'm really skeptical about it. Like, oh, I gotta go through it song by song and be like, eh, you know, I, let's face it, I do skip that one, you know, and then I go to the next. I do skip that one, and then I go to the next. I have the individual thing, even though I don't make uh, uh playlists and mixtapes uh, like you do, Matt. I, I, <laughs> I, I tend to be very picky. Like, when I'm in a mood to hear one song, I'll go and listen to that one song, which has always made it really, really hard for me to call uh albums five stars but this trap this album may be the first of a kind for me personally just because of that overall arc there's not a single song on this album that i would skip every single one i i i have to let it finish before i go on to the next if i've started something i need to continue i can take them individually but it works so well as a whole as a unit as a solid art form, and I would not be surprised, uh, considering the- that tasteful inclusion of, um, the acoustic track, Raised Raised Concerns. Concerns, just to go back to, uh, that review that I read, same guy who said that a brief foray was useless said the same thing about Raised Concerns. Unbelievable. I mean, so what? Apparently... A lot of reviewers out there would just love if people just stayed in their zone throughout the course of an album. That's I'm not sorry, what an album is. But that would bore me. Yeah. What's the point of an album? In that case, why not we just go into iTunes land and buy everything for nine and nine cents separately? Yeah I adored raid concerns, and I would not be surprised if, that is, is that, if that's that God sticks themselves making an allusion to what is to come, or if maybe it was just a statement of what else they can do. Right. Either way, it summed up this album perfectly. I, I could have a field trip with analyzing this album on a musical standpoint, and, on a lyrical standpoint. I'm air guitaring, I'm air pianoing, but also, and I'm singing along to every single verse and chorus that exists. Five stars, there you have it. Wow. Five stars <laughs> for Steve. We never thought it would happen. I to, knew it was going to happen. To
1: go back to your point, though, about raised concerns, honestly... I thought that they were grunge. Then I heard raised concerns, which I only heard for the first time now because my stupid phone wouldn't work right. You said they do acoustic too in But that's what I'm saying. This cemented that they're a version of grunge. Maybe nice. not the epitome of grunge,
0: but they're a version of it because. Maybe, maybe we should drop the Prague altogether. Maybe it's art grunge. I like it. <laughs> I like it's it. Prague grunge. It's, it's, it's Prague.
1: It's grunge. Grunge. It's grunt. Or arg. Or, 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 g. g-
0: That'll be tougher right. to sell. So,
2: <laughs> people, do yourselves a favor and go on whatever website Steve found this album on because it's freaking hard and heck yes. to fine. In, closing, find in closing, this is a buy. Buy this
1: record. Support this band. You know, it's not just a listen. Definitely don't ignore it. For anyone who likes music, if you like music, buy this effing record. And
0: lastly, I'd say please support them. I want I would like them to come to America maybe if they get some, some fan base he wants over to see here. Them. He was a seam person. Either that or I'm going to England at some point. It'll happen. Okay.
1: But but definitely buy this record, it's definitely a buy, so that's the final stamp in the wrap up is go out and get this record. It's definitely worth your time.
2: And now on to something completely different, because I love to do Monty Python segues.
0: And the foot drops on all of us. Uh
2: I was having no. I was doing nothing at work. I was on the internet, just trolling around, and I was looking at stuff, and I came up with this really random idea. I like this idea. I will defend it. Choose your own song. Remember those old stories? Here's the idea. Here's those old stories where you get to page seven. It's and like choose your own adventure. Do you want to go down the doorway, or do you want to go up into the attic? You go and you go to a different page, and you go to a different page, and you you pick and choose what you're playing with. It was an interactive story. What if there was interactive music? What if there was music where it actually comes to you on a CD in the form of, well, here's this little program that goes along with it, and as you're listening to it, you could click a button, and all of a sudden, the guitar is gone. Or all of a sudden, the vocals are gone. It's what mix artists want. It's what they use. This is the sort of thing they like. But what if it's actually marketed for mass consumption? So
1: there's something like this already in System YouTube. System
0: of a Down? Didn't they do that?
1: So something like it. So the thing is, there's stuff like this on the internet. Um, there are videos that have been coming out now on YouTube where one of them that have been very funny actually is Epic Rap Battles of History. Where, where it's two f- characters from history. Like There was one I watched. It was Doc Brown versus Doctor Who. And they, ra- and you know, it's two That's improv artists who do rapping back and forth, and then at the end it goes, "Who won? You choose," and you click on it, and then the song culminates, the rap battle culminates with whoever
0: you choose to win. Like Doc yeah. Brown in a hand. <laughs> so, so, so. I'm a Hoovian. Hey, just because the idea of, of listening to Christopher Lloyd rapping is well, well, it's not funny. Christopher Lloyd. It's, it's Doc but Brown. I, I
1: know, but you know.
0: Anyway, but
1: so there are things like that and I mean the internet culture has kind of perpetuated this kind of do it yourself DIY culture. Yeah. But I don't my only problem with the idea of interactive music. I mean, also Nine Inch Nails released an album away, way back. I can't remember. I think it was for With Teeth. which after that album came out, he released all of the tracks into GarageBand independently and let you remix using the base level of every track he had. So that's kind of along those lines, but that's yeah.
2: actually a, a very much what I'm kind of talking about.
1: Yeah. So some remix artists have done things like that.
0: It also is kind of the uh, it's kind of the basis for the way in which most bands learn their trade. They pick up on songs that they like, uh, that they agree on as a band. They all love, and oh yeah, we 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 have to cover the song. We just got to cover the song, and and that's how they kind of. Get their chops going by studying other people's music, breaking it down. What is the drum part? What is that drum doing with this guitar at this particular moment? It's, it's that uh, reverse engineering, as I said, kind of the same way I, I did today with sort of getting the, uh, the transcript of of the solo. Um, it's it's useful for learning as yeah. a learning tool. The tricky thing about it, I suppose, would be actually the, the marketability of it.
1: And also, with with the way John was describing it, Like a Choose Your Own Adventure, where you pick where it goes next is... M- my favorite thing about music is I don't have to concentrate on where it's going. I just enjoy it as it gets there. Mm. With that, it would interrupt the flow of the music because you'd have to pick for before it went on. So it would kind of halt until you chose where it was going or what to drop out. Unless you were doing it on GarageBand like like I was kind of hinting at with Nine Snails, where... You have the full track, and as you're listening to it, Trent Reznor gave you his track with teeth, with all of the parts split into the different tracks, and and as you're listening to it, you drop stuff out and then pull stuff in. And he
0: does that as a learning tool as well, right? Yes. Yeah. So people love. I think
1: I think as a learning tool, it would kind of be very kind of awesome if a lot of bands got on board with
0: that and let you do that. So here's the real question, John: When you put this out, this idea out there, did you mean it as an idea for for artists, up-and-coming artists, to um, to actually remix it and resell it as their own? No, I was conceptualizing it as a
2: band. A band that makes ten tracks. A band makes ten tracks that you can actually piecemeal because they're designed in such a way, they're actually created in such a way, that well, while one track's two and a half minutes, one track's four minutes, you can take that two and a half minute drum beat and replace it onto that four minute song. Like where you can actually not just choose your own songs that you're going to put on your iPod, but conceptualize your music uh, within a genre, within a band's framework.
0: Like take I don't know. I don't even know what to take. Take There's a- definitely people out there I'm not going to be as uh, as as angry about it really, but there's definitely people out there who would consider that a sin like no no you must listen to the to exactly the way that it was put on a CD the way that it was my the completed project let's face well, it well artists uh, can be uh, really really well, tight about yeah touching well i think what john's word. touching on more
1: though is a specific band that would be okay with that I, i'm conceptualizing there are this. Are
0: bands that are
1: and yeah because like i said daft yeah. punk nine Snails, daft punk just recently re-released they remixed their own song. It's the Daft Punk remix of Daft Punk's Getting Lucky. I haven't heard it yet, See, but I saw it on Spotify. And that's why
0: I feel like it's very genre to genre. Techno yeah. caters to that. So, yes. I mean, it is so it is built on layering, so of b- course certain you take bands out. cater to that. Like we were talking about before. System of a Down
1: is such a unique band that taking taking apart their songs and putting them back together would work would be really interesting and show interesting results, and I'm pretty sure the band would be on board with that. Same with like Korn. We were talking about Korn. One of the reasons why they kind of worked fairly well with dubstep is because of the layering that Korn
0: always did with their music and how each instrument is very specific, its own thing. That's the best example, considering I don't think that was like... Terribly well done, but I'll admit that it was different. Uh, it probably bumped the notch up above where corn would have been if it was just corn doing the same old stuff. Right. So I, I appreciate the experimentation. And quality. I think
1: I think it, I mean this is obviously a speculation discussion that's not really going to. Oh, yeah. This is it, just
0: this, this is, is just, just something oh, yeah, we're, set we're, we're throwing out minutes. ideas, and that's a good idea though. I. But yeah, in, in it essence, brings up a lot of it brings up a lot of memories from like little instances in which some people. Uh, just swoon over this stuff, and then the people who really, really protest. I have one anecdote to go along with this. Uh, my friend, uh, James, same friend, uh, shout out James, he told me a story of a friend of his who, oh, he, they were, he was showing him some kind of song here and there, and it, oh, it was it was like a prog song. Again, it's, prog is his genre. And he listens to it, and the first thing out of his mouth is, you know, it's not really my taste, but you know how this would this would really sound better. This would really sound better remixed. We had a remix of that, which I can just I can just imagine. You know, the prog people, whether it was an old song or not, whether they're alive or not, they're turning over in their grave to be. <laughs> it's it, it, it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of a slight insult, I suppose, to say that if your if if your drum wasn't there, yeah, then I'd really enjoy this. I disagree that remix.
1: ...is an insult, only because I find that remixing now in modern culture, they're adding to... They're taking away some things, but still building on a base that already existed. For example, our theme, which thankfully Steve has recently helped me to redo in a fun way. I I remixed myself. We remixed ourselves and remixed the Wall Street Players, because the bass beat, and if you've been listening to us since the beginning, was... And thus, what was Wall Street players moot. on its own, and then we did something with it. And we didn't we didn't take away anything from the Wall Street players. We added to it. You created an original piece of music to layer over it, hence remixing it. Hence, hence making something different. You weren't making it better. You were making
0: something else. It's not the same song anymore. At the same time, I didn't remove anything. I used well, I true. used the beat itself, which started out as just a beat before any of. Uh, any of their vocals came in whatsoever. Right. And then I just said, hmm, that, just to envision that in a different way, I thought to add a keyboard part. I, I'd have a bit more uh, reservations about removing things that existed. Probably,
1: I but I feel like remix culture lends to, and I mean, this is a topic for another time to get into the bigger, broader part of it, but I feel like a choose your own adventure music style could work, maybe if, in, in, in another music cycle from now. I don't think we're there yet, but it's an interesting concept that I think something like that may exist in the next 10 to 20 years. Because artists have, like Daft Punk and Nine Inch Nails and Vast, have released the tracks to their records and gone here,
0: remix it. Nine, um, Trent Reznor's held many we, contests. Oh, Who are we kidding? We've done a remix album. That was Mogwai. Yeah, a wrench to Vera Lore. I, I don't remember half of the artists that were working to do that. Which is strange, though. It was still released as Mogwai. Yeah, I'm surprised that you know the 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 remixers were just blurb's next to the. If I remember correctly, uh, and bracket. I could
1: be sort of misquoting, but Nine Inch Nails. At one point, Trent Reznor released a track. I forget with. I think it it was... um, Oh, I don't remember which track it was. But but, but he released the single and said, Here's the single. Here are all the track breakdowns. Remix it. And the best ones I'll put on a record. And he took people's remixes. Fan remixes. They did interesting things with his music. Picking it apart. Adding things. And then he released a record of it. Crediting all those people. I think that's the best version of musical community. Okay, I could get on board with that. The, that
0: style. Um, because he's literally saying, "Here, do something. I'll reward you." you that would be more artist to artist. That wouldn't yeah. really. Be, I don't think that would be a public kind of thing. Right. Um, he, he acknowledges those artists and says, "I trust you with my work."
1: Oh no! This was his fans. He oh, released it. Yeah. He put it on, forum, it on a actually his fan. He put it on you and
2: me
0: He put on the form. He put it on a form on the i contest?
1: Said, yeah. He said 9 Inch nails form. Here's the breakdown for GarageBand.
0: Oh, my mistake. Interesting. Yeah. So that's almost exactly what you were talking about then. Yes, yeah. wasn't it John?
2: So it's out there. I mean, the idea is well, out I'm there. I'm not a 9-inch nails fan so I had no idea what was going on, but it's for, it's a bug. This is, this concept is a bug that caught me last week and I just really haven't been able to put it to rest because you make custom playlists. I mean, that's something that everybody does. They want to listen even you Steve that you say you don't. You want to listen to specific songs at specific times because it wants to suit you want to suit your yes. mood. You want to suit the concept of what you want this music to be. Yes. And I'm thinking why don't we do that with the actual
0: songs? Like you we, actually you're saying convert to the song to fit a different mood.
2: Yes. You love this song, but you're not quite feeling happy. You're quite... You're more... Melodic. You want to change it, but you... you
0: how can you do that?
2: What's the next step in that this That's a very evolution?
0: interesting idea, but I almost I almost want to do a 180 now. Because I was totally on board with this idea. Except for the fact that I feel like... That would be taking the insult just like the next level. Okay, no, let, let's,
2: say that, let's say the artist is fine with no, it, no, no, but no, no, now it's John, John's talking
0: about a specific artist who exists
2: people who to are have specifically do doing this so that the masses can do
0: this. Yeah, it's not people about doing it with anything at this point. It would be so strange for an I I guess it's harder for me to imagine considering that a it lot of doesn't artists really they exist. well they they write their songs with a definitive emotion behind it. it. They themselves may not even be able to imagine it, you know, as as how could this poss- this romance song of mine possibly be a, a ditty? <laughs> I, unless they're curious themselves. Yeah, but self- also self- I mean I've heard famous. I mean again I I,
1: I leap back to Nine Channels because they've done it the most. DJ Zebra took um, closer and mixed it with Come Together by the Beatles. Yeah, and it made the song take on a whole different feel when he was layering
2: things over. And it was an interesting mix. Please tell me you've listened to Beethoven techno style, right?
0: Yes, 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 okay. I've heard that.
2: You've heard some of the things um, that people have done, and this is... Or even Beethoven disco.
0: In fact, let's see, there's another one that they did um, funk style. Now we're really just talking covers now. We're not talking about the, you know, removing aspects right. and then adding others. But I remember the funk cover of... Uh, and also Sprach Zarathustra as everyone would know as the theme from the beginning of 2001 Space Odyssey when right. the monkeys yeah, are yeah, yeah. going up to the monolith Flair's theme there's me. a funk version of that from the 70s it is incredible <laughs> i, I have incredible to hear that. it's not often that i like will will shout out covers but that was just it's the most bizarre mashup um and so it's very it it's very creative nah. it's, Again, they did more with it. It's not just like note for note. Right. You know, it goes into a whole solo in the middle. It's 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 right, really creatively done. But that, leads, whoa, that whoa. leads I do not remember the artist. The monkeys soloed it. <laughs> wasn't the monkeys. You're not supposed to I don't think you're gonna feel the yeah, monkeys. Yeah, but at I'm that
2: conceptualizing point. in my mind a bunch of chimpanzees playing in a well, dive
0: bar. This speaks to what with, you were saying earlier. This would change that mood. At this point I don't think you're gonna be thinking thousand one space odyssey anymore. Especially well, not when you get to the funk solo. There's still monkeys. But the, I've all. It's I've the a monolith bar. I gotta show you this. In but but in co- but <laughs> <people> covers, <laughs> which is a long, you know,
1: which is involved in remix culture. I find I love covers for both reasons. I love a cover that's just an homage, mm. by this by a different band, but played in a almost similar style. But I also like bands who take a cover and make it their own.
0: Even if I don't personally like it, I give them all the credit for. Taking it and making it. Theirs. I respect it from a style study perspective, right? Because as a musician, it's just it, I, I it's mean, invaluable to understand how other musicians put their work together.
1: I mean, to to, to to kind of sum up, I think that this is an interesting concept, John, and I think, I think that's not something that would exist now, except in specific places. But I feel like bands like that could exist in the next ten to fifteen Let's think years. Think of it this way: this is this could be the future of music. This Everyone would have to have can a track editor. No. Yeah, that could.
0: I mean, getting it would, getting, be, it would obviously be very audio engineering is it'd be very, very strict. E-
1: accessible now. Of
0: course, very it is. accessible. So I, I guarantee you that off. if this was mass marketed as an institution, there would be some company. Oh, let's theorize, Apple. <laughs> let's say they had some kind of uh, extension for. Well, that's probably exactly how it'd be released. It would be released as garage band track listings. You would you would have a project that you could possibly purchase with your album. You know, album with project folder, transfer that over, and you I mean, would have the separate track listings. Gra- that, presuming you had an Apple computer and GarageBand, you could do. You're yeah. not just messing with the bass or the treble, but you're actually messing with the of, tracks. You're messing yes. with the bass and
2: the drum. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. The tracks, yeah, yeah. the
0: individual tracks themselves. No, you're right. It, gra-
2: GarageBand is
1: a actually simple version of any track. That's editor. not that far fetched, since lots of records come out with digital copies. And and stuff like that. It it that could be the next step. It's actually
0: quite possible. It would be a very interesting musical movement. Yeah, definitely would. <laughs> at the same time, I also predict it has it would have an an, an annoying side at some point. Oh yes, of yeah. course.
2: Well, if you people start propagating, if it becomes more personalized as opposed to just look at what I did on YouTube. I mean, if people yeah. actually take it to heart and instead of listening to Again, other people's rendition, look at their own. Again, we'll see.
1: good. And bad. That's what we got right now, the best and the worst. Um, Before I get into what we're going to do next week, Steve, do you have a spam email for us?
0: I do indeed.
2: Preferably something that's very avant-garde. Shut up, John.
0: Avant-garde spam? Yes. You could certainly see your skills in the paintings you write. The sector hopes for more passionate writers such as you who are not afraid to mention how they believe. At all times, go after your heart. In America, through pressure of conformity, there is freedom of choice, but nothing to choose from. Peter Ustinov. Thomas about UK. D-I-I-A-T dot K-C-O dot UK. <laughs> Wholesale snapback hats. Huh, they actually
2: got their hyperlink wrong. <laughs> that, that that was avant-garde. Yeah. I love how we... the way <laughs> our <laughs> paintings
0: are written. Well, we got it. <laughs> I, I paint was, with words. It's probably a comment on a painting.
1: <laughs>
0: Artwork, maybe. I don't know. Oh. We did get a good Peter Ustinov quote. That was interesting.
1: Yeah, but still, it's like, yeah.
0: what? Yeah. Big question mark. Yeah. Well, as if that needs to be reiterated about <laughs> our spam mail these days. No, that's true. Um, again, please, real people. Please, please, take them over. Let us have more of our our email address. I'm never reading a real person's
2: Snap Mail. Mostly because I need some more hats, and I'm definitely checking out this website. That's
1: right. Go to Gorham Brothers instead. You'll be happy. They got some classy hats. They do. They really do. Um, Wholesale
0: Snapback hats.
1: So, for the real people out there listening, please submit questions, comments to crashcordsblog at gmail.com or comment directly on the website. Um, We're Always trying to find new ways to take this podcast. We had a great time with our guests. I'm gearing up to have guests on in July and August. Um, in fact, I had a conversation with Painless Parker himself, Gnomeberg. Uh, uh, he would like to come on sometime in August.
0: Font guy.
1: Yes, font guy. So we're
0: going to work He commented. That out. He was a real commenter. He said fonts are cool. He said font punk. I think we, that was at Akita Sincere podcast. Yeah. We, we must have accidentally dissed his fonts. No, we went into.
2: We waxed eloquence about his fonts.
0: Okay, yeah, that's what we did.
2: And
1: um, also, um, we're probably pushing back the live podcast, but we are still planning on doing it. It's looking at more of an August-September thing. More information to come on that once I actually remember to email Anders. So if you're in New York, come see us. um, Next week, it's my choice for album, and I've actually been anticipating this record for a while, and I'm very excited to do it on the podcast. It's Queens of the Stone Ages' new record. Um, and it's, cal- it's called Ellipsis Like Clockwork. That's not how you pronounce
0: it. I know, it's, it's called,
2: called Queens of the Stone Age
0: Like, like clockwork. clockwork. Yeah. You didn't do the breath. Queens of the Stone Age Like Clockwork. It's not gasp. That's what I feel though. It's a, it's an ellipsis,
2: which Semantics. is a like thirty second
0: pause. And it's anyway. how I feel. It's how I feel. An you ellipsis, can't change how I feel. What you
2: do in, in your head is you go dot 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 in your mind, and that's how you use an ellipsis correctly.
1: I can't wait to review this record because Josh Hami is one of one of the closest <laughs> things to musical genius in a lead singer that I've found in a while. Just his his demeanor about his band and, and how he talks about his work and how like he went on the Nerdist Podcast. And didn't want to talk about his music. He wanted to talk about everything else because he wanted people to know him as an artist and as a person. Uh-huh. And, and they kept bringing it around to his album. I was like, ah, that's not important. Let's talk about other things like science fiction. There's which was interesting to me.
0: Interesting. It's a
2: personality. They're also my favorite band to play on Rock Band. <laughs>
0: they are a lot of fun. They are my, my f- that's favorite not, band on Rock Band. It's nice to have a fun band that we're going to do right now. And right. they're it's a rock band. A age but we were talking before we were
1: about it. mainstream rock artists...
0: They're a mainstream rock band. I, I kind of. I mean, Go With The Flow was huge. A huge have, single. Some people would. they probably fall under Indie, though. Yeah. I, I
2: kind of want to just enjoy this album. I don't want to feel next week. I'm tired of feeling. We've been feeling for weeks.
0: I don't really feel on, on Daft Punk. No, there's not. There's I a thought. Song. I felt, I All thought, the... I felt. I, I want to enjoy. I didn't even think on that. There, it was dance. That was dance music.
2: And I this this next it.
0: week we're gonna. It's probably also dance music of a very different kind of dancing, indie dancing. I'm gonna okay. jump up and down. I'm gonna no. That's not dancing. Anyway, it's for them.
2: <laughs> then I can dance. So that's the album that we're gonna I'm do next week. An
0: indie kid, week. I'm An indie kid.
1: <laughs> and before this crazy train goes off the tracks, we're
2: off the track. We're Already off the track. We're the already gone. off the track.
1: Choo choo. In closing, Choo-choo. and as always, music is, is life, life, and life is good. Choo-choo.